Welcome back, everyone. Thoughts and Prayers podcast, your uh, official source of misinformation. Uh, I can do the review of Dumb today. Um, Let's kick it off. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb by Nirvana might be uh, a song that is only going to exist um, in the past, as in uh, you couldn't make a song about being low IQ now because it would be offensive to dumb people. So <laughs> I'm happy that it's it's out there because I think dumb representation, while it's not really suffering, um, you know, it's, it's it has to be very obscured these days. So I'm glad they have that, that explicit, you know, recognition. I think that's really important and brave of you to say, Q, that ignorance is not only bliss. Yes. We actually, this is going to make me sound like one of those people that posts about being a gifted kid online. Um, but I I was talking to you the other day uh, about how I feel that I, um, <laughs> about how I feel that like I'm, uh, I would be much happier if I was, if I was dumber, if I actually it, like was truly just like had my IQ lowered. So I think it, it definitely does make it easier to be happy. Yeah, I think an unexamined life is worth living. Um, I think that old adage is not true. I think, you know, <laughs> I think sometimes an examined life is, you know, I know so many people who are like, like I'm still talking in therapy about like things that happened when I was like 12, you know, and I know so many people who are like, I don't remember anything before the <laughs> like before the age of like twenty five. Like it's just gone. Like it's like a black void, you know. Yeah. Um, and I I pine for that. I think I think that would be um, really really nice to have that kind of you know. Uh, yeah, I have like the most useless photographic memory in the history of time. It's not like <laughs> it's not like fun baseball facts. It's like awkward moments <laughs> from my childhood <laughs> anyway i just so yeah <clears throat> that's why i love dumb it's my it's my aspirational song a low iq anthem a low iq anthem um really hoping my ninth booster is the one that kind of, <laughs> that kind of knocks out my uh <laughs> My my long term memory. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping. Just luckily, follow like, the plan. Yeah, luckily, like three out of my four grandparents had dementia, so someday I'll sink into that sweet abyss, probably. <laughs> um, well, then you'll only remember your like traumatic twelve <laughs> year old memories. <clears throat> yeah, my long ago past. Oh my god, I'm so sick. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> listeners, that was gross. um okay but we're not shielding anything here we're just yeah real 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 talk um okay so should you want to go with do you want to do my my thing first the picture yeah yeah okay 
I'll show it to you again so you can <laughs> you can live react. Um, this guy's name is Tan France, and the photo is of him. Um, so this is this is one of the guys for those who don't know from the new version of Queer Eye, right? Or like the the yeah two point version of Queer Eye. Yeah, they're like the millennial. They're like the millennial Queer Eyes. Yeah, right. Because okay. soon. Like when the Gen Z queer eyes come along, I don't know what they're going to do because they're not going to be able to have gay guys anymore. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So we'll see how that develops. Um, it's going to be all bisexual women married to men. And <laughs> that's like, that's going to be like the next queer eye. Um, the most oppressed group in the LGBT community. Okay, so the caption says, so he's 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 shirtless, pretty toned body. He's Indian with gray hair. If you haven't seen him before, South Asian, sorry, just in case, I'm not sure if he's Indian. Um, he says, so happy to finally share that we're having a baby. No, I'm not pregnant. Despite this very realistic pick with the greatest gift help of the most wonderful surrogate, Rob and I are lucky enough to be on our way to being parents this summer. I'm not sure if this is like new, um, but it's in the vein of kind of a lot of photos that have gone viral lately. Um, like Pete Buttigieg and Chastin, like <laughs> in the hospital bed, holding their tw- twins that they got in some unexplained, they don't really uh, get into the details of how they got white twins um, in the American <laughs> adoption system, but they did that somehow. And um yeah, there was a. So what the photo is like? He's like shirtless, and he's. Oh, I, I didn't get to the most important part. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a sonogram over his stomach. That's what. And he's was. like covering his nips. And he's covering his nipples, as if he, as if he were a pregnant woman who is right. taking like a maternity photo shoot. Yes. Which yes. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and say just to like just so <laughs> no one can call me homophobic. It's like. I just think like maternity photo shoots in general are, are kind of stupid. Has your, has, did your wife do a maternity <laughs> photo shoot? Uh, no, she didn't actually. Yeah. And we did, we did like engagement photos and stuff like that, but, but no, uh, no. And, and even like, obviously, obviously photos like with the kids and stuff, but no. Yeah. But you shoot. never did like, she never got like nude and did like a maternity. No. <laughs> maybe you guys have some on like your iphone but not in a professional <laughs> yeah, right anyway i just think it's a little weird i don't think it's i don't think it's really something anyone has to do um and if you want to do it whatever it's just one of those things it's like pictures of kids in, in the ba- of your kids in the bathtub i kind of think it's like it's like a private family affair not something for the internet but what i think is weird about these is like it kind of like erases the uh, reality of like commercial surrogacy. Um, and I just thought the picture going viral again was interesting because Cuba just did this like big referendum um, where the country voted on like all sorts of like left wing positions and one of including gay marriage. So gay marriage is legal in Cuba now, but oh. they, um, they, banned commercial surrogacy and twitter like the left on twitter is sort of having a little bit of like a meltdown because they um don't understand why they banned (laughs) commercial (laughs) surrogacy (laughs) and people are pointing out that like commercial surrogacy is often really exploitive right like 
Um, it's great that, uh, uh, it's great that like, you know, um, what is, what is the word I'm trying to use? I do think LGBTQ people, uh, should be able to build families. I think they should be, uh, able to adopt and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of problems with the adoption system too. Um, I think if someone in, in your family or a friend feels really like they want to help you become a parent, that's a beautiful thing that I'm sure people engage in. I know gay, I know gay men who have had children with female friends and they have kind of like a, the the best divorced parents situation (laughs) kind of going on. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're not actually divorced but they're raising a kid in sort of that like separate households separate households together, but it's like yeah but it's like the chillest version of that because mm-hmm. it's like you know they're they get along really well and they signed crazy documents to <laughs> enshrine everything how it's supposed to work but anyway i think all of that's cool but like commercial like selling your you know womb it's like being pregnant is not easy and i don't really see a difference between um you know, like renting a womb and selling a kidney, like you can die uh, giving child. In fact, giving a kidney is probably less, I would statistically speaking, probably less people die doing that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, So the left, so the left is just melting down because they can't like figure out how to like think about this in America because the, you know, the whole thing has been like sex positive, sex work, sex work is real work. So like just, I just literally, I didn't even do research. I just typed in commercial surrogacy, like, and here's things people have been writing. I've been thinking this a lot too. If def- if desperate people decide for themselves that commercial surrogacy or selling sex is the best option they have, taking that option away and making them deal with the only, with only the worst thing is fucked up. Um, and then like someone's like commercial surrogacy is, uh, is human trafficking. Um, <laughs> then there's someone who goes, this is, this person has the real idea. Cuba allowing surrogacy, but outlawing commercial surrogacy and their upcoming referendum is a revolutionary approach to surrogacy. Most of the problem with surrogacy is due to poor women being coerced into surrogacy by wealthy people and surrogacy agency. Nonprofit surrogacy takes away this class dynamic and ensures that surrogacy is done in a much more mutual fashion than global commercial surrogacy. Because like, so I've, I've been to one of these like surrogacy conferences when I was uh, more interested in having kids with my partner. And like, they literally say like, you know, they tell you that you can get like a cheaper surrogate in like Nepal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting thing and yeah, I I don't know. It's, I, I honestly don't really know how I feel about it, but I definitely see how it's kind of fits into this like strange medicalized vision of the world both medical medicalized and kind of commodified where like the act of bringing a new life in the war into the world becomes like this outsourced medical procedure slash commercial transaction um <laughs> right instead of like a connection with you know um 
between like a mother and her child. And like, what's uh, one thing I find interesting about, uh, oh my God, did I just totally lose my train of thought? <laughs> was, like one thing I find, I was about to your, say, your low IQ wish is. Oh, um, someone said, I thought, I mean, people kind of tell on themselves, but they were like, someone said like, well, the if commercial surrogacy is outlawed, the only access people who need a surrogate would have would probably be family members. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but that that probably should be the case. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they were sort of like telling on themselves. And I'm like, that actually kind of like should be the case, maybe. Like maybe it should only be like, you know, if there's a sister who's willing to carry a baby or like, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's all sorts of uh I mean that make I guess that's what I'm saying. Like that yeah. does that does make sense to me that that maybe or a close friend or something mm-hmm. because then it then it then it takes away some of that like medicalization weird like sci-fi stuff and it's it's still mm-hmm. at least within your community and within your you know right uh, right i remember i think you it was you who sent me this like a photo of basically a gay couple like maternity photo shoot where they're like in the foreground like hugging or canoodling or something and then their surrogate is like is actually in the photo but like (laughs) maybe like a hundred yards away in the in the background yeah and (laughs) those i mean i just think like pregnancy shoots in general are awkward like i just Uh, i think they always are awkward like i don't think even non-surrogacy pregnancy shoots look very good like mm -hmm. i think they're always sort of a weird thing um and like i said i understand i mean if, if i were pregnant i would want probably a lot i would want photos of my body i think i'd be mm-hmm. interested in what was happening to it i remember when i stayed with you guys this summer your wife was talking about like being kind of science experiment fascinated by what was happening and i feel yeah. like i would i would kind of feel the same way you know but i just think the like yeah those those photo shoots are always a little bizarre Anyway, I guess I just find it interesting because I find people kind of have to jump through hoops to be like, you know, this type of selling your body is fine, but this type of selling your body isn't fine. And, you know, and like they're trying to, and I'm like someone, and I think it's my like obsessive compulsive disorder who kind of just like wants like ideological, like rigidity. Like (laughs) if you're going to say that like, if you're going to say that, like, uh, you know, it's it's bad to commercialize people's bodies, then I think you have to, like, kind of, like, follow that to, like, all conclusions, right? Like, sex work is bad and, like, all that stuff. Or if you want to say, like, you know, it's fine, then, like, wh- then you have to, like, accept, like, why would it be bad for a poor person to sell their kidney? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to explain that because, like, what exactly is the difference, you know? Right. No, I mean, it's a valid point. I think <laughs> I think sometimes having that demand, like internally demanding ideological consistency helps you see how a lot of these ideologies actually like aren't consistent at all. <laughs> yeah. And like, I feel for people because like, you know, I have, you know, women friends who have had trouble getting pregnant. And obviously I'm, you know... I don't like to call myself gay anymore, but I am for all, <laughs> for all intensive purposes. Um, and I, I think the, the desire to build a family is like a strong kind of innate one. And I, I get it. And 
Um, so I, I get it. I get it's an emotional topic, but it's like, you have to kind of think about what, um, yeah, like what you're, (laughs) what you're willing to do, uh, to do that. And, you know, one thing that like no one is willing to do, which is what I think is like the most noble thing to do probably is if you really want to build a family, and you um, can't have kids of your own, like the most noble thing to do is to ad- to adopt an older kid, which obviously comes with like a lot of its own issues. But that's, that's the group that truly is like in need, mm-hmm. you know? There's very few infants in need of adoption because, you know, for the most part, someone in a family is gonna take an infant, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> But, you know, a four, five, six, seven-year-old, like, those are the kids who really do need, there is a huge need. Um, so, I don't know. And another another day we could get into a long, I learned the term womb-wet um, adoption. <laughs> oh, God. Like adopting babies right after they're born. And there's a huge, huge issues with that, unsurprisingly. Like, people who want just, like, newborn babies, you know? Wow. Dude, that that honestly makes no sense to me. I guess maybe that's like a very like male perspective or something. But like, I'd be like, if someone else wanted to take care of my baby, my newborn baby for like the first six months or something, <laughs> I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think people want for the, they, people want it for the obvious reason of like they want to raise their kids from birth or whatever. Uh-huh. But I just the whole demand for infants causes. And I get, they are very cute um, after the first few weeks where they're just kind of like a writhing, like wretched creature. (laughs) They do look really weird for a little while. I saw a picture on socials of your baby looking cuter than it did the very first picture you sent me. (laughs) I'm glad he's having his glow up, but um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I mean like, yeah, the, the need, it's an interesting question because it's like, I do want people to build families. And I do think like a family is a way to, uh, yeah, like have a fulfilling life. And I think that that's fine and good, but I also just don't want there to be like any exploitation in that. And I guess you could argue like, you know, even in just heterosexual couples, <laughs> there's always someone who has to do the actual, you know, labor of it. But yeah, even that argument is kind of silly because most women, the majority want that experience uh, in a very like carnal, uh, visceral way. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, a newborn baby, like they're basically eating, um, <laughs> the mom around the clock yeah so it's kind of hard for them to be too far away at any given time yeah they're still very i mean i've even read that like the dna of the baby is like still inside of the mom for like six months you know oh, interesting um they're very like they're still very like physically uh connected to the mother for those first six months mm-hmm. um yeah, so I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting question for me because I don't really know where I land morally on all of it because I understand why um, gay men, like, want to have kids and I also, like, 
really don't want anyone to be exploited <laughs> in the process of achieving that. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my, uh, and I, I think I, that it's fair. Like basically I think that should be a more common dilemma. Yes. Approach of being like, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a weird issue. It's, it's pretty complicated. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it instead of just like rabidly, like shouting into Twitter about whatever like opinion the media tells you to have or, you know? Yeah, no, I know. It's just, uh, yeah. So we can end it there because maybe it's good just, <laughs> just to, just to like recognize that like there's not an easy answer to these things and, you know, uh, it's it's complicated life is complicated i also just would like to say like you know i do think there's a case for like uh gay men being part of like a a big extended family and that like i know you know i think if if you can have kids you probably should i think it's a great thing to do but if you can't for whatever reason whether it's uh because you're gay or because you have fertility issues i don't think that means that you like are that being part of a family is like inaccessible you know right obviously, oh absolutely obviously there's a lot of ways to be um in children's lives and to be in a family's life so anyway. yeah i mean that's how i feel about my kids is like i want them to have a lot of you know interesting adult like you know presences in their lives i think that um i I don't know i i think that is makes you you know exposed to different perspectives and and yeah have uh see different people's approach to life and that's good so yeah um what was what did you bring all right so um i just i for some reason i'm drinking a diet coke right now i also just wanted to talk about that because like i become kind of aspartame pilled (laughs) um and so i don't even know like i guess it's supposed to be bad for you um, and can even like cause you to gain weight if you drink a lot of it. I don't understand exactly how that works, but I guess it, it kind of, it, it can sh- um, change the composition of your gut bacteria in ways Ooh. that, that affect your metabolism. And um, I think it, it can have a, a, a variety of negative effects, not only related to weight gain, but, but other maybe like Alzheimer's or some, I don't know. I'm like, this is really getting a misinformation tier for me. Cause I, I really don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I just saw a, what I, I I've been kind of um like uh, consuming a lot less of it um, primarily because I saw on Twitter. Well, okay. So I guess uh, Donald Rumsfeld was involved with uh, with getting aspartame approved by the FDA. Um, okay. And he either like worked for the corporation that that um, produced it, or you know was uh, affiliated with them and working w- inside the government to get it approved. But he was very active in that 
And so I saw some someone tweeted like, if you drink aspartame, you're literally sucking David or Donald Rumsfeld's cock. And okay. so for like, although like I don't obviously don't feel that I'm literally sucking Donald Rumsfeld's cock when I consume aspartame, the image has stuck with me and <laughs> it's made me less eager to, um, to drink Diet Coke. It's probably good. So it is not great for you, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, but, uh, this, this actually is a segue into what I, what I wanted to talk about, which is the surgeon general tells us that aspartame is safe to drink, to consume. So, um, what I wanted to talk about is this, like what I found to be incredibly creepy, but the, the surgeon general Vivek Murthy, uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but you're uh, just going phonetically here. But he's the Surgeon General. Um, he's, you know, like a big COVID shill and everything, of course. But um, he posted this really, in my opinion, creepy photo of himself. It, like, at first I thought it, it, it was just like a token sort of politician like i'm a normal guy having fun just like everyone else and so he's like eating he's standing in front of like an ice cream shop with an ice cream cone i was like oh that's kind of corny he's just like posting this ice cream pic but then it like as i looked closer it was actually like so much worse than that he says he says this might be an unpopular opinion but I love ice cream cones without the ice cream. And so he's like holding, he's standing in front of the ice cream shop with this big like shit eating grin on his face, <laughs> holding up like an empty ice cream cone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just found something like very sinister about this. What are the QTs like saying about it? Uh, let's see. He didn't get ratioed, but nearly he got th- 3,400 likes and 2,000 replies. So let's see. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, these are pretty good. Everyone's got a different take. I kind of like this. Okay, so Janine Yunez says... Um, Awesome. You got to express an unpopular opinion because you didn't tell Twitter they have to ban people who like ice creamless cones or else. By contrast, at your behest, many people have been deprived of the right to express dissent from your opinions about COVID. Okay. Well said. Then there's KC Holiday. Vivek Murthy is an empty ice cream cone of a man. <laughs> He writes a whole book on the toxic health effects of loneliness, then advocates for a sweeping social isolation strategy that destroys our country so he can secure a political appointment. The guy is morally bankrupt. Couldn't Um, agree more. Um, (laughs) What? what? I guess I just don't feel like I don't quite get what's creepy about it. I guess it's a weird thing to put. I guess he just looks creepy. You like ice cream? cones with no ice cream i mean isn't that like just a cookie am i being too too generous with him 
I to this is like insane. It's like I'm trying to think of like an analogy here, but it's like I don't know. I I mean, an ice cream. the the I, The cone is a vehicle for the ice cream. It's, <laughs> okay, I mean that's yeah. it's called an ice cream cone. It's not like a cookie cone with featuring ice cream. It's an ice cream cone. Yeah. Tim Young here. This is my perspective. Tim Young says, and he Tim Young is a blue check. He says, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Alfred the Great says, what the hell? <laughs> is there someone representing the Q perspective? He says, a clear and present danger says, it is called a cookie, meathead. I roll emoji. <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's my response. It's like, <laughs> it kind of just seems like a cookie to me. I don't know. I okay, mean... also, he, in the photo, this is just unrelated, but he just seemed, it's like, what are you doing? Um, he's wearing his, like, military uniform, which I guess the Surgeon General is, like, technically a, a military position huh do we even know what the surgeon general is i don't know what it is at all i don't really want to know i'm not sure i really like even care um i guess i'm not as offended by you as this which is fine we're not always going to be the same level <laughs> I, don't I, mean, know. I think it's like a hokey stupid thing to post but i mean like politicians really don't have <laughs> I mean, the only, they really don't have a whole lot they can post, if you think about it. Like, they can post really canned sound bites. And then they're like such soulless people that, like, getting a quote unquote glimpse into their personality is like almost <laughs> impossible, which is maybe what makes you laugh about it. It's like when you do, it's like when Cynthia, you know, it's like when Cynthia Nixon was running for governor and she had like, uh, a raisin bagel with lox and cream cheese or whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like when you get a, sometimes when you get a glimpse of these people's personalities, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it's like, just, it's like, to me, it's like, why, if you want to just give us the like all American apple pie, like why it's like, he's bastardized. He's like shitting on like American traditional values. If you want an ice cream cone, have a fucking ice cream cone. Don't cone with no ice cream. I'm sorry. I just can't, I can't stand for this. I find it just utterly bizarre. I mean, I just think these people have no, um, uh, I just think these people have, uh, no, uh, you know, they have no personality at all. So it's like, they just have to come up with these weird, you know, it's like, it's like someone wanting to be like, I'm a little bit different. Like if you, oh, yeah. you, don't, if you don't have a personality, it's like you like kind of like lunge at these things that are just bizarre, you know? Yeah. I instead, guess of just so. instead of just developing a personality of your own. Which is, I, I, which, which is a hard thing to do. I, I yeah, say. well, I guess that's another aspect of it, too. It seemed like something that, like, Mark Zuckerberg would do or something, someone that think, imagines themselves as, like, kind of, like, different and quirky, but, like, actually they're, like, a freaky-ass, like, lizard person, you know? That was kind of my take. 
I just canceled therapy for today. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just didn't feel like doing it. Um, I'm sorry that I was doing that on the pod. But, you know, again, we're, <laughs> we're real on here. And we're, uh, and you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to tell the listeners, I am going through it a little bit. My, my therapist of a year is having to move practices. So um, I'm trying not to be too much of a spoonie about it. Um, but I do get very, I get very attached to people. I think A can attest to this. I'm a very loyal person. I keep a lot of people in my life for long stretches of time. Um, and I know that my therapist is not my friend, but (laughs) I I feel a little sad about it. I do. I do. It's just one of those things. Um, you should have her on the pod. I know. I, the other thing she knows about the pod, the other thing yeah. Um, the other thing I think is funny is like, I now have friends who are therapists, of course, like, you know, like where you and I are like, m- maybe considered PMC cuck libs. Former, former. Well, just in our like on paper, but obviously I have friends who are therapists and um, it is, it's annoying because sometimes they, uh, they just, they can't stop talking like a therapist. You know what I mean? Uh Like they'll say something like, um, you know, I'm really going to draw a boundary right now. I I think it's best. (laughs) I think it's, I think it's best that we stop this uh, topic of conversation for me. And it's like, I understand. I think, I think it's good when people do that. But again, you and I are talking about how like putting up with like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just mad that my therapist friends won't put up with my rants when I'm not paying them. <laughs> but I just, I just think putting up with like uh, people's putting up with awkward moments is something we should all learn. Okay, I just found something weird. Um, uh, <laughs> it's breaking news right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So someone posted, there's this whole war. Okay. I'm just good. This is a, a niche thing I'm following. Um, there's this whole war about whether, do you, did you see Avatar in theaters the first time around? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Yes, I did. I did. Okay. Did you see a hair sex scene in it? I, I think so. I don't, they have sex, right. And their hair, their hair. Yeah. They have like a sensual, like hair connection moment, slightly orgasmic or. yeah. I remember them like full banging under the banyan tree or whatever. I don't, I don't remember. I don't specifically not remember that, but. Okay. Whatever people are, they're trying, I guess people think they're trying to memory hole this sex scene and say that it was only in the extended version but most people seem to remember seeing it in theaters. And now in the new one in theaters, I guess they were like, alien sex is weird. We're taking it out. So now it's not in the new, the, 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 they, they, they re-released it this week, mm. the old avatar. Cause the new avatar is coming out and they're like, just, you know, they want as much money as possible. Okay. So this new version doesn't have the hair sex scene. And then anyway, someone debating it's possible. About- this whole controversy is just made up as a marketing ploy to. Oh, totally. To but anyways, to- some random guy posted people aren't here are so goddamn joyless and annoying. <laughs> It's crazy how getting laid just once would do wonders for so many of you. And then someone goes, <laughs> then someone posts, wh- retweets them and goes, wow, unbelievable. I, I just cannot. That is very disrespectful to asexual people who are perfectly fine and joyful without sex. 
The sex normative view of having an elevated social status due to sex might be an own to incels, but it hurts the asexual community in the crossfire. Oh, that is such a cope. Uh, listen, I just, <laughs> on the topic of asexuals, I just think like, I don't understand why having a low libido needs to be an identity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you want, if you don't, if you legitimately don't want to have sex, that is a perfectly valid lifestyle choice for you. But I agree, it does not need to be an identity. And it's like, there are people, I now in my adult life, I'm about to be 34. Like, I have met like, all sorts of people, and I definitely have noticed there is a vast range um, in people's libidos. There's people who want sex all the time. There's people who don't really want a lot of sex at all. I've I've met all sorts. They all exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just find it interesting making any of that, like the amount of sex you want into an identity. It's just like, it just seems like a no- the normal range of normal human, you know... Yeah, and then well, I, and then I, I, I will say though that like the people I've met who are sort of on the lower end of the sexual, or the libido or whatever spectrum, uh, or I may seem t- to live in a sexual life, are typically not like super like hot, socially well-adjusted people. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't know. I guess I just mean like. Okay, like I'll give you maybe your marriage is just flourishing, but <laughs> I've had I've had friends who've had kids where the woman is like, I'm less interested in sex at least in like the first year after my kid was you know born mm-hmm. stuff like that I've heard like yeah it fluctu- situational and yeah and, like yeah. it just like fluctuates throughout life and then like absolutely what I find kind of funny about like the whole asexual thing too is like, I think like ultimately like everyone kind of ends up asexual because like, I just, you know, like I have one grandparent still alive. He's 97. Uh I don't think him and his wife, (laughs) I had to guess. Um, You don't think he's taking the little blue pill? I don't think he could have. Like, I just don't think that like, (laughs) I mean, maybe there's like some hands stuff happening, and <laughs> you know, and I'm sure they like kiss, and like uh-huh. I'm sure they have like a sen- sensitive and sensual uh, uh-huh. thing going. But I just think most people. I just find it funny because I just think that like libido is something that fluctuates throughout life for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Like it, it's you, when you're. I have less of a way less of a libido than I did as like a teenage boy when testosterone was like you know flaring through my body. Like I definitely think about sex a lot less now than I did when I was like sixteen when I like only thought about sex. Um, for sure. So, you know, I just think it, I just think it's one of those things that changes and it doesn't have to be an identity. <laughs> I just think it's like, I just think, and then maybe, and maybe even I'll if it to... doesn't change, even if you just f- across the board don't have a high libido or whatever, it doesn't need, yeah. to be, it doesn't need to be an identity. I mean, like what, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a doesn't like Mondays guy or, you know, it's like, okay. I mean, every, <laughs> every uh, you know what i mean it's not it's not an identity it's just like some a, a ch- way that a choice that you yeah you know, it's like. just the way some people are i will yeah. say also that most most of the time with very few exceptions because i'm friends with a lot of women they say that they're a lot they they think they have a lot less of a libido than their 
than their male husbands or partners. That's a thing. So maybe being asexual is just being a woman, you know? <laughs> there you go. It's a hot take. <laughs> or they just mean, or they, or they say something like, I could do it about half as much as he wants to, <laughs> to do it and still be fine. Yeah. And I mean, um, I think there's, yeah, I, as you said, I think there's like a spectrum for amongst women and men and, and men yeah. yeah of course i've met hypersexual women mm-hmm. um in my life too I, mm-hmm. it's it's possible and i've met men who are sort of not as sexual for sure but i agree the people who identify that way do seem to have a little bit of something else going on it's also just that everyone's so bathed in SSRIs, you know, including <laughs> in, including me. We're just like soaking in them. So or some drug or cocktail of drugs. <laughs> yeah. People are on benzos, people are on Xanax. It's just like, you know, it's Adderall. like Adderall, yeah. Like all these things that make it like less likely that you'll um have sex or be able to have sex. So Anyway, should we do the presidents? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get to it. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, this was a, um, a an article I saw by The Hill, um, which I think is actually supposed to be kind of centrist or even um, conservative-leaning outlet. Um Let's see. I'm not just making that up. Um, but they they cover uh, like politics, you know. There's okay. What do they say? The largest independent political news site in the United States. Uh, nonpartisan reporting on the internet. So uh, it's owned by Next Star Media Group. So I don't know how, what they mean when they say they're independent. But uh, is Next Star a big one? I don't even know. Um, I don't know. Let's see. They've merged with Tribune Media. Um, it says Next Star buys CW majority ownership. So, yeah, this is this is all just like Wikipedia research that I'm doing right now. But um, okay. Certainly, I, I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't even really matter that much, but I just thought it was a stupid article um, that was kind of funny. It was about um, the... So, so this is the tweet that links to the article. The seven Democrats most likely to run for president if Biden bows out. Okay. So I guess there's still an... Op- it's, to me, this is like... Oh, God. Like the Democrats... They just, I don't even know what, like, they can't even decide if Biden is going to, like, there's a chance that Biden might be running in 2024 is shocking to me. Well, they, I mean, I I think there is a chance because I don't think they, (laughs) I don't think that they like really have, I mean, I guess that's what we're going to discuss right now, but I just don't really think they have like a, you know, a viable um yeah i don't think they have a viable like alternative really (laughs) but like biden isn't a viable alternative 
Right. But I mean, like, who the fuck knows what's even going on with him? Uh And, you know, it's like we everyone kind of already sort of feels like the country is being run by like people around Biden. Yeah, like DNC operatives. Yeah, that already kind of feels like what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think like even like pretty mainstream Dems like sort of admit that in like subtle ways when you talk to them. Yeah, uh, I've never had anyone like outright admit it, but they will acknowledge that like Biden doesn't seem like he's doing great. And I mean, I wish obviously what I wish would happen in my like, you know, purest of hearts is that there some sort of like viable third party kind of populist but like left-leaning populist person would like emerge that could actually win i don't that's i think it's impossible but that that's like what i would want um because i just think the mainstream democrats are so corrupted and the republicans are also so corrupted (laughs) so i would just want some new force you know but i think it's impossible because it would never be allowed to happen right it wouldn't be allowed to happen because like the you know the billionaires and the packs and all that shit that's really running the country would never let that materialize you know I think the um, the my hope, which I think is also basically impossible, just because people are not like awake to this shit, but like, would be if people just like didn't vote, like if there was almost like a like a strike on voting. Yeah, because to me, what voting does is like most people when they vote, they don't even really like the person. They're it's like oh well, they're better than the other guy. Right. So it's like, but in doing that, in in casting that vote for the person that you don't like, but you just think is, I guess, like vaguely better than the other guy, is you're you're legitimizing the system, the voting system, even though you don't really right. you're think saying really. <laughs> you're saying that yeah, like you're saying that like you actually are voting. Right. Yeah. But you're not. Like, you know, no one is really. Right. Yeah. Um I think that's the problem. It's like you're not actually voting, like, because the people who are you know, and th- like this is the thing I think that like I woke up to during Trump is like there's really I mean, people want there to be such they want to pretend that there's such a meaningful difference between, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans, but there's really not. And it's like life you know, doesn't change that much depending on who's um, in power. Right. Really. Like, it's just, it's kind of the same all the time. And it's like, in my life, now I've lived through a Republican, a Democrat, a Republican, a Democrat, a Republican, and now a Democrat. It's literally been that. <laughs> my life. Yeah. And that's, my perspective is basically that it's, yeah, it's not really a real choice. And it's, it, it, it's a control system really more than it's a way to divide the country and have everyone imagine that they have this power, you know, to a power, power to the people and we're voting, but really you're choosing between two options that are only presented as extremely different from one another, (laughs) but they're, they're functionally not very much. And that's not to say that there's no um, disagreements 
legitimate disagreements between different groups of elites and everything like it's you know imagine like a within a company a big corporation i'm sure there's different factions of people who think you know oh we need to make this move and make this acquisition or this merger or whatever and people yeah. who disagree with that but at the end of the day they're all working for the same corporation and it's kind of the same thing that's how i view it yeah, it's just it's just literally like the wealthiest people in the country. I still that's what I believe to the like to the ends of the earth. It's just like the wealthiest people in the country just control everything and anything that is organic and grows from the ground in any sort of way, they're going to co-opt. Um which is why like I hesitate to even like identify my politics with like anything these days because it's like you know, the new left is already sort of a co-opted thing. And like, you know, it's just like, you know, like being based and all that shit, that's all getting co-opted. And they're going to, you know, they're going to do more and more of, of that. And like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Like Netflix is like, we we're not doing diversity anymore. It's like, okay. Um, The best tweet I saw recently about that is just that like people who think, it was about the Italian prime minister who obviously like, you know, you and I have discovered is probably also in line, but you know, it's like, yeah, it was just sort of like making the point that like people who want like a globalized, I forget. Oh God, I wish I could articulate it the way the person did, but it was like people who want like a globalized, diverse society also uh, like are, are just are like wanting the same thing as people who uh, want these sort of like, I don't know, like it was just kind of explaining that like everyone is just sort of talking about the same thing, which is like some sort of global system where everything is sort of like watered down and it's one giant economic system and everyone is kind of just like subservient to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And neither side is really like trying to get away from that. And it's like impossible to get away from that, you know? No, strongly agree. And they, they, I think they do have maybe slightly different visions for it or like each different factions of the capitalist or what, however you want oligarchic class, um want different industries to have more influence than the other you know it's so it's not like they're exactly the same but like essentially fundamentally they are this no one is is legitimately looking out for the interests of you know average people (laughs) no no there's no like attempt to make like average people's life like any better or like less miserable and like the the decision that we're left to make as voters is like which like globalist psi war like puppet do we want to torture us for the next four years (laughs) yeah and then not and not and then not torture us but just do like horrific things around the globe which is what i think is is like the most the saddest part of all of it you know okay so who who did that so which well let's let's take a look at the globalist psy war puppets that they're trying to see who who our options are so we know on the we know on the right it's basically if trump doesn't want run it pretty much has to be DeSantis, DeSantis, right? i would think yeah yeah okay so that's what's going on over there the left 
the left. So this is just so funny to me. The whole scene. So the first one is Kamala. And it says, while Harris, 57, has seen her own approval ratings fall at times during an up and down tenure as vice president, she remains the top non-Biden possibility for 2024. (laughs) So what do you think about that? Like Kamala, like does anyone, have you met anyone who like okay there are people who like her there are like pmc urban women libs i've met who like her but obviously those people will just like vote for whoever the democrat candidate is so it's like their vote essentially doesn't really matter their opinion <laughs> i don't know anyone who really likes her i mean i would say like a lot of my friends but i don't know I, you know i don't talk about politics that much with like my irl friends like my IRL friends like are sort of probably lean more like dirtbag left in general. So they don't like Kamala because she's like a cop and she's like, yeah, you know, kind of like, um, yeah, like a little bit like cent- center, I guess what they, what they think of as like a more centrist politician. Um, and she's not charismatic. So I don't think anyone really like, like, you know what I mean? I don't think anyone really finds her, appealing and like that in the way that you kind of have to, I think if you really want to rise to the top. Um, but I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what Kamala's done the last couple of years. Like I, under- <laughs> I understand that like the main narrative is that she's, they get, I mean, I understand that like what the narrative her people are trying to spin is that they gave her the shit jobs like they gave her like, you know, immigration and they gave, they gave her all these things that were, you know, kind of like bound to fail and that she was sort of just put on the ticket to kind of be like, you know, even though you're, we're electing an old white guy, at least a black woman is going to be like sometimes in the white house. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, my personal opinion on Kamala, I don't know. I mean, Watching her speak is like watching an episode of Veep. Um, <laughs> it is. She's. It's like all these crazy gaffes, and like her her the way she speaks is is incredible. It's like she's distilled the, that politician speak down to like a hundred percent purity, where you're like talking but literally not saying anything. Yeah. No. It's it's hard to watch and it's hard to follow, um, which is what I think it is meant that's what that politician speech is meant to do it's meant to be like they're not really you know uh saying anything at all yeah Uh, so i don't know so she's uh and if you remember back in like the the day (laughs) like she was the one um who um she was the one who sort of like got Joe Biden into like a compromising position during the debates. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. She was like accusing him of like making her ride in the back of the bus or something. Or... No, it's like Joe Biden actually did work with segregation. Oh, the segregationist. Yeah, this is, this yeah, is yeah. How old, this is how old he is. If we really want to like think about he, like 
he actually did work with segregationists. That is true. Joe Biden was friends with people who believed that is crazy. America should legally be a, a, even though it is obviously de facto still segregated. He worked with people who actually believed it should it should be legally segregated. <laughs> so I think that, I think that was what it it was something to do with buses. He he opposed. She was actually bus. Yeah, he actually, opposed the busing program to like integrate schools. I think that right. And busing was like literally one of the only like it's literally like if you look back like well one of the most successful programs the u.s has ever done at raising people out of poverty it was mm-hmm. truly one of the most successful things that ever like it, it it really worked um and then you know people people including a bunch of democrats opposed it because yeah they didn't really want their kids going to school with black people <laughs> that was that was all it was you know yeah. and uh it they stopped it completely and it just it fucked everything up but like it actually like if you look at the studies it really was working it like it was taking black kids out of these like poor failing schools and integrating them into these like high achieving white schools and it wasn't harming the kids who were already there at all in any way and it was helping the you know them uh these black kids actually have a shot at like you know a middle class lifestyle like that it actually was doing that and she was a product of that so she had that like one moment of like you know kind of calling him out mm-hmm yeah I, and i remember that and then they must have been like all right we gotta buy her off we're gonna get pick her for the <laughs> vp <laughs> yeah she had that singular and that did seem like an authentic moment uh-huh. to me i don't think that that was staged i think every once in a while they do kind of peek through and you do see probably a little bit of <sighs> oh yeah no i think it was i think it probably played out exactly how kamala wanted it where she was going to do this stunt at the debate and then it would force Biden to basically kind of uh, bring her on board in some capacity. All right. I don't have much else to say about her. So who else yeah. is on this list? Because <laughs> I, I can't really talk about her for that long because I just, it's just, it's not even, I just don't have a lot to say. I just wanted to quick before we shift, her approval ratings are hilarious, but she is, she is, at her approval rating like has been as low as 28% and her like that so 28 people approval but even at her highest like right now her approval ratings at 38% and uh, a full 50% like actively disapprove and this is like people seeing through all the like media coverage and everything that makes her like tries to make her seem like she's, you know, a hero and breaking bar- the glass ceiling and all this. OK, anyways, we can move on. Um, <laughs> Great. Um, all right. Mayor Pete, number two. Okay, well, obviously, I think that Mayor P is, like, a total op and, like, a CIA agent. And uh, I 
I I don't know. I do know people who like him. I guess that is that I can say that about him. That I yeah. I, I don't. I I at first I feel like there were people who like. Oh, he seems like a nice young man. You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> but like, I don't. I like every gay guy who I've ever talked to about him. Like, not only doesn't like him, but like actively hates him. Well, because they can sense that he's not gay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they can kind of like tell uh-huh. that he's not actually a faggot and that he like he's gay for pay. Well, I think that he's just like I don't even know what like, <laughs> he's like autistic or like asexual or something. Like, you know what I mean? He's just like a he's just like an utter careerist. Uh-huh. Um and I feel like they just needed to like they needed to give him something. Yeah, you know, they need to give him something to like uh, differentiate him. So they're like, okay, he's gay, gay dad, married to a teacher, right? Some woke. Give, I, give, yeah. give Chastin four million dollars for a book, okay? You know, like or whatever. Just you know, and that's like what they're they're doing now. I thought, and I, you know, again to go back to our earlier topic, I thought the rollout of their their kids was the one of the weirdest media cycles I'd ever seen because it was incredibly unclear like how they had achieved these kids they were like so um and it it was just weird it was like why is there so much obfuscation around it like that's what i found weird about it it was like there's really only one of two things they did they hired a surrogate or they adopted these kids like period so it's like why was there any you know Uh uh-huh like why was there and and i think i know why i think the reason there was (laughs) obfuscation around it is because um there is a it's very difficult in this country and i'm this is just this is this is the truth this is not me saying i agree with this but like getting white twins (laughs) like in america like you know what i mean like Uh that is like a that is a really hard thing to get because that is not typically who is available for adoption because of a lot a whole host of like you know, horrible reasons that I can't even begin to get into, you know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And yeah, so some connections were flexed, in, you know, in order to make that happen. And I think another aspect of it too is it may have been a political choice because I feel like if he, if he, if they adopted black twins or what something, you know, there, there's like the, the lefty lib criticism of like your, you know what I mean? Like it, taking exploited. No, like interracial but, adoption is like super criticized. Yeah, exactly. You're taking people out of taking. I mean, this is why. I mean, like, this is why I'm like so sympathetic. I mean, you know my like history and like mm-hmm. how I've like evolved on this issue. And like, this is why I'm so sympathetic to like the whole gay uh, building a family thing because like I entered that world um in a way and found out like it's just you know it's like a fucking minefield like whatever you do (laughs) like because on one side it's like yeah okay you do an interracial adoption um and you're you're taking a kid away from their like community you do an international adoption which is basically like in most cases like just like child trafficking you know or you do a domestic adoption and you decide to have an open adoption and but then you have a relationship with this like family for life you know which i think is 
yeah, I mean, that's like probably the only ethical way to do it. Or, and then like, or you do surrogacy and like, then you enter the whole ethical minefield of all that. But I think that they just like obfuscated it because like, obviously they don't want him to have to like, you know, and I think he's already had a couple moments where like him or Chastin have been like, how, how dare you, how dare you, uh, you know, say something about my family or whatever. Like, remember when he took two months off for paternity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like there were some moments like that where it was like, how, how dare you uh, question? And it's like, I don't know. Right. And it's true. Why the fuck did Pete Buttigieg have paternity? I, I don't need, yeah. I, I, I'm pro paternity leave, but it's like, they're like wealthy politicians and he, he has allegedly an important job. It's yeah, like, right. he's running a whole like, governmental agency <laughs> yeah and these are like rich people uh-huh. and it's like who's and chastin doesn't do anything like <laughs> he doesn't have a job like I, I i just don't understand like i mean clearly they have help and they have chastin i'm just like you know it didn't seem like he really needed to be yeah i don't know and so this this article opens up on him with the transportation secretary has been a popular figure in the democratic party since his 2020 presidential run when he surprised the base with his come out of nowhere ascent. And so it's one of these things where like, they always say shit like that about the people it's like, they tell you he's an op basically like his come out of nowhere ascent. There was no ascent. It was a classic pop pipeline. I believe he was in, in Oxford or he, a Rhodes Scholar or he studied in Oxford or something. Then he went to McKinsey. It's it's literally like this shady oh. like CIA plant to politician pipeline. You go to Oxford, you go to McKinsey, you go to naval intelligence or do some kind of intelligence work to small town mayor to presidential candidate suddenly. For no reason like yeah it wasn't because he was so popular it was because the the party and the media put him out on stage and said this guy's popular now you know <laughs> yeah i don't know okay who else is on there uh all right uh gretchen whitmer okay. classic I, yeah the she was what assaulted by right wingers, but they were all <laughs> FBI agents or something. Yeah. yeah. So for those who don't know, was she actually hurt or was it just, no, no, of course not. So there, okay. there was this other, there was this op during early COVID. I think it was summer 2020 or somewhere around there, like after the lockdown started and, uh, a lot of conservatives were mad at Gretchen Whitmer, who's the Democratic governor of Michigan, for going along with the lockdowns and locking down the state, closing businesses, et cetera, et cetera, schools and whatnot. And um, so there was this big media you know, frenzy about a, a kidnapping a plot from all these like right wing militia men or something who who plotted to kidnap the governor and of course it was thwarted by the heroic fbi um but then later as as the court cases proceeded like the criminal cases against these plotters proceeded um buzzfeed released this 
very um, interesting and thorough um, investigative piece on this plot and basically showed that like it was completely organized, planned and orchestrated, funded by um, FBI either informants or in some cases actual FBI agents. And that like of the I forget however many people it was like 18 people who were involved with the plan, like 13 of them were FBI informants, basically, <laughs> like, and they were paying for the hotel rooms and they were the ones who invited everyone and said, like, we should kidnap the governor. And so basically they just got like and, and you know, the FBI has a history of doing stuff like this. With yeah. um, even even with um, like Islamic terrorism, like they would radicalize, they would go online and like find these like impressionable like um, incel like Islamic incels on the internet and like radicalize them and then create some fake terrorist plot that they then claim that they prevent. So it's <laughs> like <laughs> it's like the same thing. And they basically just tricked like five, like probably kind of low IQ, you know, people who were frustrated with the lockdowns and 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 framed them for trying to kidnap the governor. So that's that's our third candidate okay. here, the target. And, and she, the governor knew about it. They, they waited until they they had already like briefed her on everything, and then they waited until the plotters like arrived in a car like outside her house or something the governor's mansion and then the fbi just like arrested them (laughs) immediately so um (laughs) there was like no okay yeah okay that's her um who else (laughs) i can't even think who else could possibly um and oh, they say about her, Whitmer has made it a point to lean in on abortion rights in particular. Okay. At a recent event, she highlighted her role in the fight. So, all right. We're like two years away from someone, from a woman politician, like getting a, getting an abortion like, on, um, <laughs> like, like, on you know the debate they, stage. Or like, you know how men like. Or like uh, they do their they like film their Katie Couric always filmed her colonoscopy for like, <laughs> uh, which actually is important. You should get a colonoscopy if you're over forty. Um, but anyway, we're we're about to have that. You know, don't get me started on the colonoscopy industrial complex. Oh no, okay, I don't want to go down. Don't, no, I can't, I, I, I'm just making that. I can't handle it if it's not true. Um, okay, and then who else is on there? Uh okay. Next up is um Mr. Hollywood, Gavin Newsom himself. I will say like at least he's good looking. Um, yeah. He seems charismatic. Yeah. But he's obviously related, he's, he's just related to Joanna Newsom, which I like. Oh really? I didn't know that. I think they're like once removed first cousins or something oh interesting hmm. oh no it's second cousin twice removed not uh, super close okay. but still you know uh-huh. those genes are up in there <laughs> yeah um, um but obviously he's just like 
a massive libtard and globalist shill and all that. Um, he went in all in on all the COVID stuff. He wow, he was married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. Uh, who is that? Is that another politician? Oh my God, she's what's his name's? Uh, she's Donald Trump Jr.'s current girlfriend. She's oh really? <laughs> he was married to her for five years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's hilarious. But it shows you then, I guess, how, you know, they're all just kind of circle jerking each other. Wow. Listen to this. In 2001, Guilfoyle, this is crazy. I, I know exactly who she is. She's on Fox News all the time. Guilfoyle married Gavin Newsom, who was then a city supervisor. Newsom was elected mayor in 2003. And while married to Newsom, she used the name Kimberly Guilfoyle Newsom. Wow. Um, the couple appeared together in 2004, Harper's Bazaar, just uh, the spread that uh, that had them posed at the Getty Villa. And they were referred to by the title as the New Kennedys. Wow. In January 2005, citing the strain, strain of a bi-coastal marriage, Guilfoyle and Newsom jointly filed for divorce. Wow. Wow. We might and have just, she, like, broke this story. This is and crazy. she, like, is now, like, a full, like, like, people are, like, there's, like, videos of her on, like, January 6th, like, in the Trump tent. Yeah, no, I see it now. She's, like, definitely all in on Trump. Damn. Yeah, and then she co-hosted The Five on Fox News for longer than she was married to Newsom. Hmm. Wow, that is crazy. I had no idea. Well, that that definitely... If, not, if that doesn't show you, you know, <laughs> that these people are all interconnected, I don't know what, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, everyone knows about Gavin Newsom, but he's just so... Why is he so rich? Shit. He's really rich, right? Why is he so rich? Oh, Just politics? Like, probably. I don't know. Let's see. Are you on his wiki page? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Because I know he's like super loaded. But I'm like, why exactly is he loaded? Yeah. Insider trading or something. Yeah. Uh, what, is, what early life? Um, oh. And his dad was an attorney for Getty Oil. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, because he has, like, he, yeah, it's saying his net worth is $20 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, so he's just kind of like a rich kid. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, he, uh, he did all the lockdowns and then he was like having lunch with his friends at the French laundry without a mask and blah, blah, blah. It's not, you know, just classic rules for thee and not for me that all these. Yeah. I mean, he, at least I will say that he like, yeah, he's like hot and he, um, (laughs) He, like, seems more charismatic than any of the other ones you've named. Yeah, like, Uh, I could see him on a debate stage, at least, like, not just completely embarrassing himself, which I think is more than I can say about any of the people that who are higher up in the list. mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and his wife, I forgot, she's that documentarian, Jennifer Siebel Newsom. She does, like, like woke documentaries. I've seen some of them. Great. Like one of her documentaries is, wait, where are they? Where is the ones that she directed? Oh, I don't even remember. Anyway, she did one like that was all about like 
how sexist TV is, which it is. I mean, she's not, I don't think she's wrong about that. But anyway, that's, that's what, <laughs> that was one of her uh, biggest successes was this documentary about how the media treats uh, m- mainly young women, you know? Yeah. And it was kind of like in the girls gone wild, like era. So uh, she had a lot, yeah. she had a lot, to, lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Which was like, honestly, like that, that is, that is legitimately heinous, uh, <laughs> you know, like getting these young girls completely wasted and f- filming them. And that was like a, something that seemed like a normal part of our culture for a while, you know, like those ads were like on TV. Oh yeah. I remember seeing them. Like I saw them as a kid and no one was like, this seems really (laughs) like, (laughs) like bad and wrong, you know, all American fun. Yeah. Just just some crazy boys. I think Um, now it would still be okay. As long as they're like wearing a mask. Um, well, now it would still be okay if it was like, like now you can show your tits under. They're empowered. Yeah, it's like empowering. right. It's like you're empowered. Yeah. Now it's now it wouldn't be like non-consensual drunk tit showing. It would be like <laughs> it would be like a rad rad femme with like blue hair, but she's <laughs> yeah. still she's still just uh, you know like flashing her tits for the camera or whatever. <laughs> Um, so who else? That's it? Uh, no, of course not. Um, but I I will say like, if he was president, like at least like, and this is in no way an endorsement of Gavin Newsom, but like, we'd have the same exact same terrible like policies as with Biden, but like at least the president wouldn't just be this like demented husk of a former politician, you know, would be like an actual like person but anyways um next up uh pocahontas herself senator liz warren she's not too old to be doing that now well i guess compared to biden i don't know (laughs) um i don't think anyone really liked her very much in the first place so i don't see her age as her like biggest liability She's yeah, seven or eight years younger than Biden. <laughs> Practically a schoolgirl. Um, Her, uh, she's continued to be a top advocate on Capitol Hill for issues important to Democrats, including climate change, abortion rights, and gun safety. Okay. <laughs> um so yeah i mean what what is there to say about her i think trump pretty much kind of owned her with the pocahontas thing and then she like got her genetic her like genetic testing done or whatever to prove that she was native american and then it showed that she wasn't (sighs) she like was like 0.2 percent native american or something um <laughs> to be fair like i did know a lot of white people who like said that when i was growing up oh for sure no same same it's definitely a thing like but... i'd like yeah like i'm just kind of like i do remember like and i i think like it does come from like this i mean it is her it's a really racist act for people descended from like genocidal colonizers to do but i think people said it 
it probably started being said at some point in like the 17 or 1800s as like a way of like, you know, kind of tying your, your, yourself to uh like you're genetically American. You're, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, but like saying that is one thing, but she like, put that she was native american on her like, no, 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 she, application <laughs> yeah she took it too far yeah. like you know but like yeah people <laughs> i do remember that being a thing i do remember people even in my family saying stuff like that it ended up not being true i mean at least according to my 23 and me 100 percent she identified she contributed recipes to a native american cookbook and identified herself as Cherokee. Yeah. Do you want to hear my ancestry report? A hundred percent Northwestern European. <laughs> That's it. That's all it says. <laughs> French and French and German, 65%, British and Irish, 30%, Finnish, 0.7%, Scandinavian, 0.6%. Huh. So some Finn got up in there. That's the most, <laughs> that's the most, uh, that's the most, uh, like ethnic thing I have. Cause you know, like the Finnish are like vaguely, like you're kind of slowly getting toward more like Asian <laughs> territory <laughs> a little a tiny bit. <laughs> Cause aren't there Russians like who look, who look Asian, like way far on the other side? Uh, I, th- <laughs> I I think so. Like phenotypically, I think that's yeah, true. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Okay, who else is on the list? Um and Okay, who's next on? The, there's also about Elizabeth Warren something where like she's she always claims that she was like a bankruptcy reform advocate mm-hmm. or something, but that if you look into that what she was actually doing was like advising corporations on how to like get money from people who were filing for bankruptcy or something like that. okay so yeah um uh okay so next on the list is our friend bernie okay so i mean it's tough for some Democrats to see the senator from Vermont launching another presidential campaign. After all, he is 81 years old and, if elected, would be nearing 90 by the end of his term. Um, so, I mean, aside from the fact that Bernie is just completely cucked at this point and been just, you know, co-opted into the whole mainstream democrat system Hmm. yeah i I don't think anyone really thinks anything about him anymore i don't think anything's gonna happen with him (laughs) i think his legacy is gonna have been like pushing the culture a little tiny tiny bit more to the left which i do think is very hard to do um i think that's gonna be his legacy you know yeah but I guess, but getting the dialogue there, but did he accomplish anything? Did anything actually change? I don't know. Maybe loan <laughs> forgiveness, arguably stuff, some stuff like that. Maybe you know. I guess. Um, okay, so 
last on the list, AOC. Wow, not even an honorable mention for Hill Dog. <laughs> um, okay, AOC. Is she even old enough? And this is another like one where they say almost no one in the Democratic Party has had the meteoric rise of AOC. She is a celeb. She is a, absolutely a celebrity, but I she's not she's not going to be old enough. I'm literally looking at her birthday right now. She's younger than us. She's younger than us. <laughs> really? Wow, that's she's crazy. Only 30, she's that's only so funny. That's so funny. She's she's a year younger than I am. So I don't Oh, no, this says the answer is just barely. She th- turns 35 a month before the 2024 election. I mean, okay, I think AOC wants to be president someday. There's no way it's happening in 2024. I mean, do I think that that is going to be a thing at some point? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, you're probably right, sadly. But yeah, obviously. I mean, at least in my opinion, I have no... She is a total um, just self-interested con artist. She is not a legitimate like populist whatever kind of power no. to the people kind of person whatsoever her her like tax the rich at the met gala thing you know <laughs> no she's absurd she's like a, she's like kind of a buffoon but uh-huh. like i don't know she's ballerina thin and she's definitely like you know uh she definitely once oh, the best thing that happened with her recently was when that guy was sexually harassing her on the stairs and she uh did you see that oh yeah the alex stein thing yeah yeah and then she came back and she did that video where she says the words big booty latina <laughs> yeah. that was so funny i wish <laughs> i wish i could find that video it's already memory hold <laughs> no I bet, i'm sure you can find that <laughs> it was just funny hearing her say it it was like uh-huh. well and i think he didn't even say that like she was kind of she uh, he might okay, have said that, i found yeah. it i found it i found it you ready yeah guys if you're still recording your podcast on zoom do yourself and your listeners a favor <laughs> aoc is calling out the creepy guy who hassled her on the steps of the capitol you look very beautiful in that dress you look very sexy Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. The firebrand liberal New York Democrat was heading to work with an aide and her fiance and dog when she was heckled. She turned to confront the guy, then flashed him a sarcastic peace sign. Immediately went on social media and called it a deeply disgusting incident. See this guy right there? Right there. He, when I was walking up, um... He said, hey, look at that big ass, look at that big juicy booty, this Latina, like whatever, you know, all the bunch of... (laughs) (laughs) Just hearing her say those words is so funny. Um, She did look good in the dress, I will say that. She, (laughs) She looked hot that day. It's incredible that that dude that does that doesn't react at all is is her boyfriend. Oh, wow. I didn't, yeah. I mean, I know you're not like a macho man, but I mean, if, if some guy was screaming at your wife like that, wouldn't you like at least, you know, 
say say fuck you or say fuck off yeah well it's hard because it's hard to say because they obviously she's a politician and so if you react you know then it's going to be all over the news and you know so i i don't Wouldn't know most men like i don't know yeah i probably would react in some way i i don't at least at least say like fuck off or something like that like it seems weird just to like someone you know talks to your girlfriend like that and you don't have you know anything to say at all but yeah i guess you're right i mean maybe it's like they just their whole thing is like they can't they don't want a viral you know Uh uh-huh yeah that alex stein guy is ridiculous i also saw that clip that i actually thought was kind of funny although similarly just like literally like middle school tier like bullying but do you see that clip of him uh calling out this vice reporter at the um like conservative conference or whatever and he's like oh this is vice reporter she's wearing a mask and just like uh it was it was pretty funny is he one of the people too that did one of those like drag queen event things i'm pretty sure oh i'm not sure i don't know i don't actually even know that much about him i just remember him from the vice thing it's mm. getting attention yeah i mean he's ridiculous but like he, it just so do you think do you think hill dog is like completely off the possibility at this point uh i if they subject us to that to that again especially if they literally just set it up with trump versus hillary again that would just be beyond like the that's like an, a nuclear psychological weapon. I mean, that I, I don't know if I can handle that again. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I think it's really unlikely, but it would be interesting. I'm going to be interested to see if Trump really runs again. I mean, he seems intent on it, but I just, it's kind of a fascinating, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, to me, I really thought he was a hundred percent going to run again. I thought he would run, probably get the nomination and probably win again. But, um, I, now I don't know. It seems like maybe they could just get enough out of him running and then, and then have DeSantis be the actual nominee. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Well, that's about all I can handle of this. So do you yeah. want to call it? Yeah, let's call it. All right. Bye, everyone. Subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We forgot to shout it out. I think I did at the top. Oh, okay. All right. But if not, do it, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>